Welcome, everyone, to episode two of the Four Glory podcast. My name is Dionisio, but you can call me Dio. I play Borwin, the soft-spoken giant lumberjack. The last episode left Borwin in quite the predicament. His massive physique was just too much for the decrepit bridge, and he fell into some pretty nasty swamp water. You might be wondering about the ending of episode one. You see, Borwin led a pretty peaceful life up until a few months ago, when everything changed for him. He's been having a hard time processing these events, and lately he's been experiencing some uh, pretty unusual things. If Borwin makes it out of this alive, I'm sure there will be more about these events. In the meantime, I've been working on Smart for the podcast, which should start showing up really soon. Anyway, I'd like to give a special thanks to Jess for voicing her. And a special thanks to you, the listener, for joining us on this adventure. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have anything you'd like to say to us or would like to send a hello, please email us at fourglorypod at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R. And with that, here's episode two. Something icky this way goes. This is your destination. Gaunt Light Keep. From the fog steps a man in plain leather armor. Wait, you suddenly took your time getting here? I've studied quite a bit of the occult. Who are you? Show yourself. Welcome to our parlor. It's been, uh, so long since we've had guests. And I rolled a that one again. Oh. <laughs> it's a roll for initiative. Just yeah, well, yeah, I remember roll for initiative. You swing your axe and you lift the thing off the ground and slam it into the wall as it splits in two. What, well, first off, what the hell is Rupert? So, I'm so glad you asked. Eyes up! These things are gremlins! He comes back in, somehow he's wearing a tie. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see poop with teeth. Uh, for the first time you guys hear Borwin speak, you'd like, I'd suggest you go first. Okay. Oh. Your foot punches a hole through the planks. The instant Borwin hits the water, he's overcome by a memory of her. Your story continues now. The hair on the back of your neck stands on end when you hear the clattering of the ancient rusted chains that held the drawbridge in place as they slam against the wall to your immediate left. You whip around just in time to see Borwin plunged into the kombu green water of the swamp that forms a moat around Gauntlight Keep. The rippling of the water quickly dissipates into the duckweed and you frantically scan the surface for any indications of movement. The surface layer of algae explodes, instantly showing everyone dark flecks of plant matter. Roll for initiative. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Borwin <laughs> rolled a 17 for his initiative. Jack rolled a 19. For Gwillem's initiative, I rolled a 16. V got a 6. 
As the water clears your eyes, you're able to make out a gigantic frog-like creature that's got big tusks like those of a saber-toothed tiger hanging down from its mouth. It splashes towards you guys angrily. So with that in the initiative order, I got Jack up first. Jack, seeing this creature suddenly just rush towards where he thinks Borwin is, he's going to immediately jump into the water. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, about four feet until you hit the water. Um, the water is about four feet deep. So no kind of damage or anything from the fall. Once you get your footing, you realize that there's an extra couple of feet of very viscous mud at the bottom, and it makes the whole area, all of the water area, counts as greater difficult terrain. So that means that it costs you an extra 10 feet of movement for every square you want to move throughout here. Ooh, dang. Yeah, it's not good. But old Jackie boy's got to uh, deal with this now. So what I would like to do is an investigator ability called Devise a Stratagem. Okay, what is that? Essentially what I can do is I roll a d20. What I'm trying to do is essentially assess a foe's weakness in combat and use them to formulate a plan of attack. Okay, cool. So uh, go ahead and roll your die. <laughs> okay, that's a terrible, terrible roll. So I rolled a three on the die. Okay, yeah, it's pretty low. Now, unfortunately, I do have to use this result to strike the creature, but I have an additional thing with it, though. Okay. Another ability that I have is called Known Weakness. Whenever I devise a stratagem, I can also attempt to check a recall knowledge as part of it. If I critically succeed this check, I gain a plus one circumstance bonus from my attack roll, and I can also convey this information to my allies, and then they also get a plus one bonus to their next attack roll. Let's see, yeah, you've got the right knowledge skill for this thing. Okay, what I would like to learn is what this creature is and any weaknesses. Okay, so you're looking for weaknesses on him. Okay, cool. Ooh, um, unfortunately, you don't know anything about this creature. Looks like a giant frog, but with big, sharp, pointy teeth. Okay. Well, for my third and final action, since I know that this attack is not going to be very effective, I'm going to move my main gauche into a position in front of me defensively, and I'm going to attempt to parry if this thing strikes me. And that should give me a plus one bonus to my AC. Cool. Yeah. Uh, keep track of that, because I uh, won't. <laughs> Okay, so next in the order is Borwin. So last we saw Borwin, he had fallen into the water. Uh, it's been hard to say how long it's been. It feels like it's been a very long time, but uh, time moves slow in these kinds of situations. Borwin, you're up. Borwin, he starts to hunch forward and then screams and will start to hear, uh, I assume this creature is making noises, correct? Yeah, it's making some a lot of splashing noises and a bizarre growl from a frog, I guess. It... The thing's really close to you. It's one action to draw my weapon, correct? Yeah. And then, now that I'm in rage, I have a minus one to my AC. Borwin's gonna move forward and start yelling at this thing. Okay. <laughs> There we go. So next in line is going to be Dr. Willem. So Willem sees Borwin come out of the water. He is no longer concerned about his friend possibly drowning, so he is just going to try to assist from where he is by casting a spell. 
So Gwilym's gonna cast Daze. Daze is a, uh, a mental jolt coming from the spellcaster, and uh, the target's gonna need to attempt a basic will save, please. Oh, it's 17. So it just, it just hit your save DC. It will save, and uh, nothing will happen to it. So it uh, oh, okay. shrugs off the attack. Um, that was a two-action spell. So really, I'm just going to uh, move out of the way here. So if V needs to get a strike in, they will be able to. All right. So the frog creature is up next. Seeing that he's got someone screaming in his face, this frog creature is going to attack you, Morwen. So it moves in to try to bite you with its giant tusks. Uh, I've got a uh, 16 to hit. Uh, 16 does not hit my AC. Okay. So after realizing it's not going to be able to bite you too well, it's going to go for its alternate attack here. And I got, uh, how about an 18? Yes, that one does hit my AC. Okay. So this thing kind of rears back up gulps a mouthful of water and spits right at you. So you get hit with slime and it deals no damage to you at all, but you suffer from the entangling slime. So a creature struck by this becomes clumsy one and takes a minus five foot penalty to speed for one hour or until all of the slime that it fired at you gets removed. Uh, and then the thing's third action is let's see this thing's not very smart at all so it's going to try to bite you again now that it's got you tangled up yeah it's an 18 to hit you okay so it gets you for 10 damage um it's going to be reduced by one. Oh, okay yeah yeah for the armor you're wearing right yes okay cool so yeah go ahead and take that it's nine damage the thing chomps into you with its giant fangs after blasting you with a bunch of snot and then we go to v so this is Henry's first time in actual, like, combat range before he was outside of the building, so... Okay. Technically, he would now have frightened four and would be fleeing, so... Yeah, you would have to basically use a command action, otherwise he's running for it, and he would do that at the beginning of your turn. The frightened four condition also lowers his DCs. All of his everything, yeah. All of his everything, so his wisdom save, I just need to get an 11. Here we go. 14. All right. Nice. Okay, yeah. So you're able to command him so he doesn't flee. Yes, V calls back to him. Henry, come down. It is a light boy. And then... I don't... Do I still have my weapon out? I don't know if V still has a weapon out. Uh, you didn't put it away. I didn't say I put it away. Okay, so... Yeah, the only the only person that I think um, that could be an issue with at all would be Borwin because, you know, he fell in. Okay. All right. So V will then run up to the edge of the bridge where everyone else is at. She's, she's got a good reach of this thing now, so we'll raise her lance and stab in the water at it. No, she will not. Roll to seven. Oh, that's a crit fail. That is a one on the die. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, here we go. Okay, so uh, let me pull out these cards here for you guys. Go ahead and... Uh, uh, we don't have Pop to. that out here. Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> So we have melee, so you deal the attack's normal damage to yourself instead of your target. Oof. <laughs> but I also rolled a one on the damage. Well, you know, it's, that's, uh, 
you gotta take the good with the bad. So Indeed. <laughs> at least it's minimum damage, right? Okay, so you take four damage. Oh, so you roll up to the edge of the bridge and you thrust your lance into the water trying to hit the frog creature. Uh, you miss terribly. You hit something in the water, though, and the shock of it causes the butt of the lance to jam right back into you. So you take those that four points of damage, which is not too bad. That uh, That's two actions, right? Or no, three. Yeah, that's three. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. It could have been way worse than that. So we move up to the top of the round. Now... Uh, unfortunately, with all the commotion that you guys are causing, you got some more people that are going to be joining the party. Top of the order is no longer you, Jack. We've got some new friends coming to play. So from behind you, you hear some scampering and scuttling. So from the ruins come rushing two more of those little blue gremlin bastards. Eyes glistening yellow in the darkness. They charge into the light and attack the dog. Monsters. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, he's on it's the back of the war. pack, so he's the <laughs> easiest target. Does a 14 hit him? Probably. <laughs> he sounds so defeated. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna hit. Oh, boy. He hits Henry for four with his giant knife, and then the second gremlin comes screaming in. And it strikes Henry as well. How about a 13? Does a 13 yeah. hit Oh, he hits him too, but this one's only for two damage, so it's not so bad. Then we go to Jack. It's your turn. You're down in the water, face to face with this giant frog thing. I'm assuming I can hear these little gremlins uh, stabbing the poor dog, right? Oh, you're assuming. Definitely hear a dog yap yap yipping. Yeah, you can hear the dog, definitely, yeah. Jack's going to turn around at that noise and just goes, Fuck me! Out of the water! He's going to try and scamper out of the water. Good luck, man. Let me get an athletics check. Athletics it is. How about a 14? Yeah, 14 is good enough. You're able to pull yourself up and climb up. So go ahead and move back onto that bridge. The okay. crumbled remains of the bridge. I believe that's just one action, right? Yeah. Okay. After scrambling up onto the bridge, Jack is going to run past Willem and Henry to stand right next to the flank of one of the gremlins. Okay, cool. You get into position there. You got one more action to go. Okay. Since I can't really do anything with my device stratagems, I'm going to use my final action to try and stab this thing with my rapier. 16. Uh, 16 is a hit, so you deal four damage to that Kremlin. Cool. That's four piercing damage. And that is Jack's turn. Okay. And he is regretting his life choices right now. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Borwin. All right. You're still covered in slime. You're still face to face with this thing. You're still pissed. Gripping his axe with both of his hands, he raises his axe above his head and swings down onto the creature, dealing 12 damage. Damage is dealt. And then he's going to bring the axe onto the side after landing a successful strike and then going in for another. I'm sure a seven does not hit his AC. Oh, no, but you know you know what it does? What? Is it misses by 10. Uh, would I be able to use one of... Actually, you know what? So I'm going to give up one of the cards to go ahead and uh, do a reroll. Okay. Gonna roll again. 20. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, 20 is definitely going to do it. With a successful strike of the axe, he's going to be dealing 11 damage. All right. 
Yeah, you come down and you turn the tides of fate with that hero point you spent and deal the damage to the frog thing. Still kicking, though. So then, from further inside the keep, there's more scampering. Scuttling, maybe. As another one of these gremlins comes crawling out of there. It approaches you, Jack, because you're the furthest into the keep at this point. This thing's got a big old knife and it's swinging it around at you. Let's see how it does. How about a 24 to hit you? No, um, so I, I asked, I asked, does it hit me. Okay. All right, then you're going to take one point of damage. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, not too menacing, but, you know, it's... it's uh, it's the, it's the number of gremlins rather than, you know, the damage that one of them can do. Indeed. And that number seems to be going up. So next up is going to be Gwillem. Uh, Gwillem does not like the looks of things. We're, we're getting pinched here. Um, he is going to take a couple steps back towards the drawbridge and the frog monster where Borwin is. And he will attempt to daze it once more. I will need a will save, please. Alright, will save from the frog beast. Ooh, 15, so that's going to be a failure. That is going to fail, so with the target's mind dazed and clouded from this mental jolt, it will take damage equal to my spellcasting ability modifier, um, which is going to be four. Alright, four points of damage to it. It's not looking too good, but uh, what is, is that all it does? That is all it does, unless there is a critical fail, so at the moment, yes. Okay, so it takes the four damage, so that brings it back to the frog thing's turn. Uh, this thing is not too happy with what's going on, so it's going to try to attack again. It's got the closest thing to it, it is going to be Borwin, so Borwin, here comes the teeth. How about an 18? Uh, 18 does hit. Okay, so he's got you for seven points of damage here. Okay. Uh, and it's... By one. Oh! Retributive strike this time. I can reach. Ooh. Yeah, you're within range. Both of them are within the ten feet. Alright, so that's going to reduce that damage by... Should be... Three. Yeah, three damage. And then minus. I get to make an attack at that. It'll be minus four, so I take three damage. Twenty-two to hit. All right, your lance managed to hit home. How much damage are you dealing? 10 damage. 10 damage is enough, so you manage to skewer the thing right between the giant tusks as it reaches in to try to bite into Borwin with those giant fangs. That kills the beast. It is dead. Don't all cheer at once. Woohoo! <laughs> Listen, I got a dog I gotta worry about. That's only part of my problem. So it goes to V again. Having finished off the frog with the one blow, she quickly turns around in a panic as she sees Henry getting ganged up on by these gremlins. Do I have to roll the nature check right now? Or can I do it? Well, you would, uh, yeah, you've got to use it on your turn, the, the command. I will, uh, yeah, I was going to do it on my turn, but I'll do it now. That's fine. 18, that will be enough to keep Henry from fleeing. There you go. Action one. Action two, she is going to run up to Henry. Using her final action, she grabs hold of the saddle and swings herself up. She raises her lance threateningly at the beast below her. How about you pick on someone your own size, eh? All right, I love it. So 
Next up, how fast is this thing? Probably not too fast. Oh yeah, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. From further into the ruins, Jack, you're able to see this. V, you're able to see this. Gwilym, you're able to see this. A horrible, gigantic, slug-like thing. It's a giant maggot with the face of a human and milky white eyes just starts to slither out through the rubble in the ruins. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Oh, it's <laughs> awful. It's moving towards you with purpose <laughs> as fast as it can, which isn't too fast, but as fast as it can. It's coming. That's just, sorry, that's too funny of an image, just this upset little face like, I'm just thinking of this thing as violently gyrating as it tries to like wiggle across the stone. <laughs> so violently. I got two gremlins coming up. So the one that's been attacked by Jack is none too happy about it. It's gonna move just around the other side of you from his buddy who's behind you. And he steps into a flanking position and starts stabbing. It's got an ability called Vengeful Anger. So he gets a plus two status bonus to damage rolls against creatures that have previously damaged or tormented it. So that's you. So he's gonna attack you, and he gets plus two damage. Oh joy. Oh yeah, so he's swinging his big old knife and he's got a critical miss. I rolled a one on the die. So let's see what I got. So it attacks you with the knife and it misses horribly. And as it thrusts towards you, it goes, ah, my back. And it is strained. It's going to be clumsy too, basically for the rest of its life. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so this thing's got a minus two to its AC, reflex saves, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he's going to try to attack you again. He's pissed off now that he's hurt himself, uh, and he's looked like a fool in front of his friends. So here we go. Okay, how about a 13? Even being flat-footed, that is a miss. Okay. So another midflit's gonna join into the stabbing party and move over towards you, Jack, and you're gonna get attacked again. How about a 5 to hit you? A 5 is a critical miss, since he's not flanking me. So, I got another fumble. So let's see what he's got this time. Uh, your weapon's current hit points are reduced to its broken threshold. If already broken, your weapon takes 3d6 damage, ignoring hardness. Your weapon is a reach weapon, it loses reach. So, yeah, uh, the thing tries to stab at you, and you manage to parry its blow with your main gouge and just snap its knife in half. So he is now unarmed. Uh, he's gonna try to intimidate you. So, what's your will, DC? Let's see here. My will, DC. I got 18 to try to demoralize you. Ooh, that's gonna beat me. Okay, so, um... So as the thing's stabbing at you and its knife breaks, it uh, throws it on the ground, screams in your face. Its breath is horrific. Ugh, you don't even want to know. Starts screaming at you in undercommon. I'm gonna eat you. I'm gonna eat you. So that's gonna give you frightened one. Okay. Then that'll go away uh, at the end of your turn. So it's your turn, actually. Okay. So... Jack, seeing the first uh, gremlin striking at me and hurting its back, and the other one dropping its knife and then screaming in my face. Jack is going to 
recoil in disgust at the foul breath of this creature. And he's going to scramble to the south end of the wall with his back up against it, ready to strike the gremlin in front of him. And I'm also going to do my usual once more. I'm going to devise that stratagem. So I'll roll that d20. Yeah, that's an 11 on the die. But, with this thing being clumsy, I might actually be able to hit this thing. Uh, I would also like to do the known weakness to try to do a recall knowledge on it to see if I can glean any further weaknesses of this thing. Okay, so you're going to be rolling this at a... Well, I'm going to be rolling it. You're going to be taking a minus two because you've already attempted to recall knowledge on this creature. So, let's go... Okay, so you're able to, from the stories that you've read while you had a, uh, a lot of time to read, we'll say that, you remember stories about these kinds of creatures having a particularly low sense of self-worth, meaning that they would have a, a pretty low will save. You also remember that they are specifically vulnerable to being influenced so whether that's like uh, coercion or demoralization or deception, uh, diplomacy, intimidation, they are especially weak to those things. Bully the creature, got it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. For my final action, I'm going to apply that 11 roll and uh, add my intelligence modifier to my attack roll. So it's going to be a 15 to hit this thing. Yeah, 15 is plenty. Go ahead and roll okay. damage. Cool, will do. Ooh, seven damage. Max damage on the die. Nice. That is enough to actually kill this thing. You skewer it just as it tries to lunge at you like you expected it to. You put your rapier in the right place, and the thing dive bombs mouth first onto the blade. Brutal. Cool. Jack is going to pull his rapier back and swipe at the air, getting the blood off the blade, and he just goes, Who's next? Awesome. Or when you're up. All right. Uh, so I remember you mentioning that uh, the slime itself I was able to remove in some way. Yeah, you can spend a couple actions trying to get rid of it. Would I would just take uh, my actions to remove it, or would it be a uh, roll? It's uh, interact action, so there's no test needed. You just got to okay. spend three interact actions to get rid of it. Then I will take my three uh, actions to go ahead and remove it, but he'll do it angrily. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, you spend your entire turn just pulling this viscous mucus off of yourself, and you manage to free yourself up, screaming the whole way. Gwillem, your turn. Okay, so threat defeated behind us. Well, behind most of us. Gwillem will focus all of his attention on this uh, human-faced, sluggish larva thing coming at us. He is going to go ahead and cast everybody's favorite magic missile. Extending a hand forward, Willem will count Undoy Tree Tathagren, and he will cast magic missile, so I send three darts of force striking this thing. Um, <laughs> it automatically hits and will deal 1d4 plus 1 force damage for each dart. Cool, hit me with that damage. Uh, Alright, so with the three darts hitting it, seven damage. Seven damage. Thump, thump, thump. The three darts hit the maggot. The thing rears up and it looks like it's trying to scream, but no noise escapes its terrible humanoid face. 
But instead, it spews out the rancid, disgusting, despicable remains of whatever it just ate recently all over the area around it as it flails back and forth, just spraying vomit everywhere. Oh, oh does it have to? Oh, oh it, it has to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Gross. Oh, super gross. Uh, v, your turn. All right. So, Henry is not fleeing because she's on him now, right? Correct, yeah. All right. Uh, quick pat on the side of him. She'll say, Oh, I done lay like way black just... And I will command him to move. Where's my nature check? Oh, come on. Ooh. Roll the six. Yeah, that is unfortunately not going to do it. So he just stays there. He's, he's frightened enough that he's not going towards any of the stuff. All right, so V will rear back and thrust the lance at the gremlin before her. Okay. 23 to hit. Oh, yeah. How much damage are we doing? Gonna be doing five damage. Alright. Thing is hurt, but still kicking. Alright, so using the last action, V let's go of her lance and pulls out her shield that she carried on her back. Is the lance two-handed? The lance is two-handed, but I can go to one-handed when I'm riding. Okay, 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 okay. Then comes the giant maggot. Moment everybody's been waiting for. So this terrible, hideous thing is going to move again as fast as it can into combat. Slowly, it creeps. (laughs) Creeping forward through the rubble of this ruined structure here. It gets right between V and Jack, and it's going to try to attack can't really decide between the two of you guys. Who's got the lower charisma out of the two of you? I have 14. I have eight. Oh, oh that's you. So it's going to attack you. Oh, joy. Bring it, ugly. It attacks you with its giant, terrible mandibles. <laughs> uh, how about an eight to hit you? An eight is going to be a miss. Yeah, I assume so. Okay, and it'll try a second time. How about a 12? Also a miss. Yeah, okay. That's it. That's all it does. Next up is going to be the gremlins again. They are still pissed off at you, Jack. So they're going to move in. So the one that broke its knife is going to reach into its pouch and pull out another knife and throw it at you. Does a 5 hit you? A 5 is a crit miss. Okay, cool. So let's see uh, how that turns out. These guys are doing great. This is the second fumble for this thing backfire. You hit yourself instead of the target. So it attempts to whip a knife at you, and uh, we're going to say you parry that knife and fling it right back at him. And he takes the full amount of damage, which is one. One damage. Um, And man, he's going to he's going to run away. I'm going to scream at it in undercomment. Oi, you little bitch, get back here! <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright, the next goblin's up, and after seeing what's going on here and feeling like he's not doing too hot, it's gonna run away too. So it runs off back into the ruins from whence it came. Uh, Jack, your turn. 
So yeah, go ahead Jack and dive. Uh, going to chuckle at the gremlins running away. And he's going to turn his attention towards the giant maggot that's harassing my companion. Jack is going to move up to get to a flanking position behind this thing. It's my first action. And for my next action, I'm going to try to devise a stratagem against this thing. So I will roll that d20 once more. Ooh, it's a 15. That's a really good roll, actually. All right. So I would also like to use known weaknesses on this thing to try and do a recall knowledge to see what weaknesses this thing has. So again, you have the right kind of knowledge for this thing. Give me that sweet, sweet knowledge. So this thing's uh, reflex and will saves are both very low. Very, very low. Okay. And you know that you are going to be able to hit it with that attack roll. Nice. And I shall do so. And with adding my intelligence modifier, which is a plus four, it's going to be a 19 total against this thing for my final oh, action. Oh yeah, definitely, you hit. Cool. All right, going to roll my damagios. My damagios is going to be four damage. And I'm going to call out this thing. It's dumb. It's slow. Trip it. Okay, you stab into the thing, and it, again, uh, looks like it's trying to scream and flails and spews terrible rancid vomit everywhere. Uh, but now that you guys are in range, uh, let's see, V, Henry, and Jack all need to make a fortitude save. Okay. Jack has rolled a 16 for his fort save. You succeed. V has rolled a 15. You have not succeeded. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Guess what the number is. All right. And Henry rolled a 17. Oh, all right. Just, just you, V, so... See, you failed. You are sickened one. Love it. As the vomit covers your beautiful uh, soldiers out of it. So after Jack stabs and he sees this thing vomiting, he's also going to call out, The thing also pukes! Get out of that! Oh, no, really! <laughs> Sorry! Orwin will fight through the muck and water to get to the other side of the bridge. And once he gets there, he starts to uh, aggressively climb up until he gets to the top. Okay, give me we'll... an athletics roll. Okay. Uh, I, I rolled a 17 for my athletics. Okay, that's that's more than enough. You get up there. Perfect. Once he's at the top, he's going to move forward to the slope. Okay. And now that he's there, I'm going to go ahead and attack with my axe. Does an 11 hit its AC? No, unfortunately, the 11 does not hit. So swing and miss. Next up is going to be Gwillem. Gwillem is going to cast Daze. This time, it will be at our maggoty friend. So it All will right, please so make a will save. He will not. All Boom, right. I got an 11. There's a, a bolt that shoots from the gen in my staff and hits it in the head, dealing four points of mental damage. It takes the damage and it rears back again, looking like he's going to scream. No vomit this time, though. That's a, that's a relief for just about everybody. <laughs> okay, so Willem will move 30 feet further into, into the structure and further away from the edge. Okay, so you cruise up and you're standing now pretty close to this giant pile of rubble that you can tell by looking up used to be part of the upper floor. 
Up next is the giant maggot. Incorrect, it is my turn. You skipped over me. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know what, guys? I'm sorry about everything I've ever done. Ever. <laughs> At you, to you, for you, whatever it may be. Uh, about Don't you, worry. whatever. This maggot's also going to regret that, too. Oh, strong <laughs> words from uh, weak men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your turn. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Uh, she'll see where that gremlin went, and noticing that others have come to face the maggot with her, she'll look down at Henry and say, What do you say? You want to go show that one a lesson? And we'll nature check to get him to move, and he will move! That's a 19. Nice. There we go, so good. So we are going to charge at that gremlin for fleeing. Nice. <laughs> Charging off into the darkness. I love it. But you got dark vision, so who cares? I do. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. All right. Riding on Henry's back, she charges toward the gremlin with her lance out, and she strikes at him. Ah! You know what? No. I would like to spend my hero point. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Use that hero point. It's going to be a 19. 19 is a hit. Definitely. All right, and that's the wrong damage dice, so I'm going to roll a d6 because it's one-handed. So that's going to be four damage. Hey, you know what? Four damage is exactly enough. Excellent. So, charge up as this thing's this thing's trying to run away from you. It's it's terrified. It's scared. It's it's hurt. Uh, missing its knives. It runs and you just ride it down and just skewer it. And it's uh, you, you feel good about yourself then. Don't touch my dog. I'm I'm a little intimidated. I don't know how you guys feel. Like... <laughs> I think can I use that as an intimidation on the one that's running? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you want to go ahead and give me an intimidation check now. Unfortunately, you're you don't share a language with it, so you're gonna be at a minus four. But go ahead and roll. It's gonna be a minus five according to my second. Ooh, I forgot about that. So ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, ten is actually gonna be enough. So it is frightened one. And that will conclude my turn. Okay. Now it is the time for the giant maggot. It's going to attack... Uh, well, uh, Jack, you haven't moved, right? I have not moved. Okay. Uh, well, Borwin has. Borwin's right in his face. So it's going to attack Borwin. Does? Ooh. That, <laughs> I rolled another one. Can you believe it? Um, <laughs> my crap. bribes for Love roll 20 it. is working great. What is that? Oh, my God. All right. So let's see what we got. Okay, so this thing uh, tries to chomp at you with its mandibles, and it manages to to uh, tear a muscle in its mandibles. Uh, it is enfeebled one until it's healed, which I feel like is not going to happen anytime soon. It is going to attack you again. How about, uh, it would be a 13, how about a 12? Does a 12 hit you? It does not. Okay. And this thing is not very smart. It has no other real options here. And it rolls a negative one total on a third attack. I'm guessing that's a crit fail. Yeah, it seems <laughs> to be. <laughs> I strain, you are dazzled until the end of your next turn. Cool. So another penalty to his attack rolls. But this thing's this this thing's dead. It's not dead, but it's about to be dead. Back to the other gremlin that is scampering off into the darkness. I don't think anybody can see it from where they are other than V. I can see it. Yeah. But 
You can see it from there. Gwilym okay, so Gwilym and V can still see this thing. It's it's into the rubble in the darkness, and it is trying to get away as fast as it can. So he's gonna go. I could, yeah, Gwilym can no longer see. And he time, so. he gone. It runs off into the darkness and the rubble, out of sight of everybody. Then, uh, let's see, I'm gonna do a perception roll for everybody. Does anybody have any kind of special thing for uh, hearing beyond their regular perception? Uh, not me. Uh, not me. Let's Henry's only got sent. Same with uh, well, uh, he... both Gwilym and Rupert. Well, not sent for Gwilym. <laughs> Rupert has said Gwilym cannot see. Uh, well, V, you rolled pretty well, so you can hear this. Um, none of you can smell the, the sound of a door opening, but uh, V, from where you are, you can hear after the noise of the, the rocks falling from it climbing through the, the rubble, you can hear clearly the sound of a door open and close. Okay. From off into the darkness. All right. I got to you. The, to the east. Okay, uh, Jack, back to you. Okay. You are face to face with this terrible giant maggot. Very close to the entrance of this, this ruin still. <clears throat> it is your okay. turn. Alright. So, hearing the death thralls of one of the gremlins that was running away, Jack is just going to chuckle and say, <laughs> like a bitch. And he's going to shift behind the maggot so that he's flanking with Borwin. Okay. And with malicious intent, I'm going to devise another strategy here to kill this thing. Ooh, a 17 on the die. That is a sweet, sweet roll. So you work out the perfect plan on how to kill this thing. What is that plan? What does that sound like? I see this thing trying to bite Borwin, and looking at its swishing backside, I figure best way to stab it is right in its, what I assume to be its butthole, basically. And I'm going to jam my rapier right in there. Oh my god. You're a nice little... Uh, I'm nice gonna... little shish kebab. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, with uh, adding the plus four to my intelligence, well, it's going to be a 21 total. Yeah, no, no, that's plenty. <laughs> is that a crit? Nah. Darn. Yeah. Alright, I have a uh, strategic strike. Oh yeah, you do, don't you? I do. So basically, when I make a strike that adds my intelligence modifier and my attack roll, due to devising a stratagem, I can deal an additional 1d6 precision damage. So I'm going to do that real quick here. Ooh, that's a 6. Ooh. So 7... Oh no, I'm sorry, 8 damage total. Okay, yeah, that... Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you stab it in the asshole and you kill it. It dies. Uh, Immediately breaking Borwin's rage. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't you can't stay oh. angry at that, huh? Okay. Um, <laughs> what? It was wide open. So with that, there's no no more enemies uh, in the immediate vicinity. You guys are out of combat and out of your minds. So. <laughs> Let's take a look around this room, huh? Okay. Piles of rotting timbers and loose stones lie in heaps throughout this large chamber. Clumps of moss and tangled vines spill down from gaps in the wooden ceiling above each of these piles of rubble. Several doors lead out to all sides, most of them barely clinging to their hinges and door frames. 
debris completely blocks a wooden stairwell that leads up through a large hole in the ceiling. Jack, your keen investigator's eye picks up ancient scars and fire on some of the walls scattered throughout this chamber. Something most of the other people miss in, in all the other smears of mold and mildew and gunk, you're able to pick out that these are burn marks specifically on these walls. Well, that was certainly invigorating. Is anybody in need of medical assistance? I'm good right now. Jack's attention is more towards the walls right now, as he's looking at these burn patterns. You guys, uh, see that? V will come riding back over towards the group. She looks at the walls where he's pointing. What's of it? Look at the patterns. They're burn marks. Okay, so I'm going to roll an arcana roll for you guys here real quick. Jack, you just, you, you definitely noticed the burn marks. But, Quillam, you're able to tell from the way that they're scorched there that this is remnants of a magical fire, specifically. Uh, you're not far off there, Jack. You see, it's not just fire, but it is fire produced magically. Kind of an odd thing to see in a ruin such as this. Why is that strange? The, the, they are ruins. Something had to ruin it. Right, but I mean... Look at what we've seen so far. Indeed, let's take a closer look. Very interested, Gwilym will take a look at the dead maggot. Alright, so yeah, you... what are we doing? You were looking at the maggot? Um, yeah, Gwilym is investigating the maggot, very interested in uh, how it has a very... Uh, and very... <laughs> very close to being a human face, um, and, uh, you know, perhaps seeing if it's anything he has read about before, um, and knows about its origins or how it's created. Sure, yeah. So, normally, maggots don't have faces at all. That's, That's highly unusual. But, you're able to piece together with the information that you've got from your time here, your brief time here, with these fey creatures and this giant maggot, there's a possibility that the, the, it, this is some sort of unusual, maybe slightly extra-planar giant maggot. Extra-planar? So some sort of, yeah, some sort of influence from the the first world has caused this thing to be not, not normal. Some sort of magical energies have caused this thing to warp in a way. Um, not... Nothing you can quite explain, but there's some unusual forces at play. Okay, so uh, after taking a look here at uh, the deceased maggot, Gwillem will continue. It's not just the flame scorches on the walls that aren't as they seem. Uh, This maggot seems to have been touched and influenced by the First World. This is quite interesting indeed. Question for the DM. Can I check to see how, like, maybe, like, when these burn marks were scorched onto the walls? Uh, well, if you're prepared to do some Carbon-14 dating, uh, which is <laughs> not a uh, dating website not. for nerds. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, it's hard to say. You've got, you're trained in society, right? I am trained in society. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's just it's funny. I like it. Uh, so yeah, with society, we'll let you we'll let you do it. So it's actually a pretty good role from the legends that you've heard and the rumors and in the from the time you've been in Otara. You've been there for a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sir. So you've picked up a little bit here and there. So from your time in Otari, the, the couple of years you've been there, you've picked up a little bit of rumor and legend, and the the legend says that about 500 years ago, before Otari was founded, that a group of adventurers came in here trying to stop some sort of evil sorcerer named Balcora, and that they defeated her here, and... That that may be what this is. Maybe this is uh, remnants from that battle 500 years ago. Okay. As Gwilym is explaining the possible origins of this maggot, Jack is going to turn back towards the scorch marks, and it looks like something just kind of dawned on him. After Gwilym finishes his uh, lesson, Jack is going to speak up and say, Going back to these scorch marks for just a brief moment here. About 500 years ago, there was a great battle that took place around here. Where a group of adventurers fought a sorceress called Balcora. I wonder if these scorch marks might be related to that. But this is just me thinking out loud, I suppose. My, my. Well, it's not often that I am dealing with something in centuries. You'd see that Borwin would become visibly shaken by this and just say, I've heard this before. My father used to tell me this nursery rhyme. Why here? Why? You're telling me that it's real? Willem will turn to Borwin and say, My, my, Borwin, my friend, at first I have never seen you so angry before, I have not heard you yell like that, and and now to be so shaken right away, are you sure you're okay? These nursery rhymes used to give me nightmares. My father tell me these stories. I used to think they would all be fairy tales. Nothing is going to hurt you right now. Those are simply fairy tales, and of course all fairy tales maybe have a, a some sort of truth to them. But we're still together, everybody's okay, right? Right? Is everybody... is everybody okay? Uh, Emily took a bit of a hit, and I've uh, got hit by that muck. I'm doing pretty good right now. Oh, okay. I I do have a way I could heal, but I would rather save it for emergencies. She will ride Henry over to William to let him take a look. <laughs> William. <laughs> William, look! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as the dog approaches, William will take out his healing tools, um, thread and needle, maybe a bandage if sees that he needs it, and as he starts working, he will remark, 
Oh, well, it's been a while since I practiced on animals. That was <laughs> the first 20 years. And he'll continue to get to work. So, uh, I will go ahead and do a treat wounds. So, I will spend 10 minutes treating one injured living creature. So, I will treat Henry here. And if I succeed at the check, I can continue to treat the target if I want. While Gwilym is doing that, I want to keep a watch out. Okay. Yeah, you keep an eye out. <clears throat> what about you, Monster Bowen? You are in the muck. Did you get it? As Borwin's adrenaline dies down, a sharp pain hits his side. He notices that he's bleeding from the previous attack from the creature that he had fought in the muck. He grabs a piece of cloth and holds it up against the wound to try to at least stop some of the bleeding and waits for Gwilym to finish helping Henry before he gets assistance. Uh, actually, what I'm going to do or rather what Jack is going to do, is he's going to go back to the bridge here, and he's going to take a closer look at the frog to see if this thing is also a fey in origin. I'd like to do a recall knowledge on this to see its origin. Sure, we're going to do we're going to do a perception for you first, though. So Jack moves back to the bridge, takes a look out. You can see the pieces of fallen timber and kind of floating in places, sinking in others. The metal banding that was holding the bridge together. You can see the corpse of that frog thing. You also make out, just on the other side of the shore, a different corpse. Looks like a little lizard fella. You're able to identify it. They're common enough. You recognize it as a kobold. There's a dead kobold just on the other side of the water. Okay, Jack. Not expecting that. He's going to cry out to his companions. Oi! We have another visitor. Already dead, though. A kobold. And he points across to where the corpse is. Okay, V, do you have anything you want to be doing over those ten minutes? She was just helping Henry stay calm with that. That's She was just going to stay with him. Okay, cool. But... I'll let you... I'll let you use... Um, I'll let you use nature to try to aid in the medicine check. And I'm a helpful poppet. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. So that's an extra two. Nice. So go ahead, give me a nature roll. You're trying to hit 20. Okay. Um, so what does sicken do? Oh, you're still sickened. So you can actually, there's uh, a way you can get rid of that. Yeah, you can You can try to retch to get rid of the sickened condition. <laughs> time for a doll to puke. Oh, nightmare fuel time. <laughs> How does that work? Do you just puke up fluff? <laughs> just, just, uh, well, well, she does eat. Mm. So. Like, uh, now that. Harry remains. <laughs> so yeah, now that V is also uh, toned down a little bit from the adrenaline of the battle, she starts to feel a little woozy. And she just kind of. It's a new experience for her, so she just kind of wanders off a little to the side, and she just coughs a little, and then, yeah, then she pukes. Go ahead and make that test. <laughs> That's a fortitude? Yeah, you can retry the fortitude save. 24. Hey. Yeah, there you go. So you, you walk off to the side a little bit, and you you realize that you still have some of that gunk on you. You kind of smell it a little bit and go... <laughs> 
you flick it off your hand and you compose yourself and the sickened condition goes away. You. That's just that's a single action, so yeah, you can you can still attempt that uh, that All nature right. check as a, an aid if you'd like. Uh, yes, I will. Okay. So twenty plus two, so twenty-two. Hey. That's enough to get the aid. So, uh, Quillum, let's get that medicine roll. We'll call it ten minutes. Okay, so, oh no, uh, alright, well, I rolled a 7, I am not gonna Oof. like that at all, I'm gonna go ahead and use my hero point, ta-da, alright, let's get a re-roll there, this is supposed to be my thing, <laughs> okay, much hey. better, so with a plus that 2, better, yes. that is going to be a 20. Oh, yeah, 20 is definitely enough, so... Uh, what is it? On a 15, you heal some damage. Um, I will heal two, what is it? What does two, work? two d8 hit points, and any wounded conditions are removed. Okay, so I no, nobody's been wounded yet, but you said you heal. Uh, go ahead and roll. So go ahead and heal uh, Henry nine hit points. All right, thank you. So Henry looks, you know, is feeling pretty good. That would not need Gwilm to continue healing or treating, I should nope. say. Okay, okay, perfect. Well, then that would be the first ten minutes. Uh, Gwilym will take another ten minutes to start assisting Borwin. Would I be able to see any further details about this cobalt corpse? Not from here. You'd have to go have in to there. over there. Okay. Yeah, it's not worth it then. So then, Jack is going to return to the group and keep a lookout. Okay, so... Okay, so uh, if this is... So if we're just going to spend the 10 minutes to heal, uh, V would see that we're just spending some more time. He's doing that again, and she realizes she has time to do her own uh, little bit of healing, so... Can I do that? Uh, yeah, man. Okay. Go for it. Seeing that the group is going to be hunkered down for a little bit longer to get Borwin patched up, V will look down at her hands and they will glow for a second, and then she touches her arm where she was hit by the... actually by her own weapon, and she will heal back up to full using uh, Lay on Hands. That is a, a spell ability that will restore six hit points, so she will be back up to top. Now that she is healed up, she no longer has that, so she will take that time. She will find a little spot and say, if you all do not mind, I will just need a few moments to refocus myself. Bows her head and goes into a prayer to Saren Ray, mumbling okay. the prayers under her breath. Hmm. I've got a hunch. I want to start an investigation. All right. You close your eyes as you take a deep breath and hold it. One, two, three, four, five. As you exhale, you isolate your mind from the thrum of insects and the voices of the others. You clear your thoughts like wiping away old equations from a chalkboard and begin to organize your investigation. Observations. Three Kremlins, fake creatures, located in the gatehouse building. One fled through a hole in the roof, whereabouts unknown. Three more Kremlins located in the main hall. Again, one fled, 
whereabouts unknown. Last seen headed east, deeper into the ruins. One unnaturally large larval fly with a human-like face, reputed connection to the Fey Realm. Scorch marks from ancient magics. Query. Where are these creatures coming from? Why are they only appearing within the confines of Gauntlet Keep? Hypothesis. There must be some connection between the ruins and the Fey. Procedure. Interrogate one of these gremlins. Take note of any magical anomalies. Confer with Gwyndlim about the planar incursion. Track the scorch marks to their origin. Yeah, I think that'll do it. Another deep breath, and you open your eyes. You look around you to see the doctor administering first aid to Borwin, and V kneeling in prayer. I got a hunch about what's going on here. Come on, let's follow those scorch marks. I want to designate the source of these scorch marks as my lead. Well, as you're healing Borwin, basically Borwin's going to uh, acknowledge you and just say, I'm sorry for making you already have to do medical work so quickly, my friend. Oh, not at all, not at all. I figured I was going to be put to work and put to test here. I can, uh, you know, do you mind if I try a little uh, new suture technique here? By all means, I trust your technique. Oh, well, uh, well, thank you very much. Let's give it a try. So, now, a little bit differently than uh, healing Henry, the dog, this time, Gwilym will open up his knapsack and let Rupert come out and help out by holding the needle and thread and using its more delicate fingers. Rupert will very skillfully thread the needle and help prepare the stitching and we'll go ahead and give another treat wounds test a 15 15 15 is a number all right another 2d8 of healing another nine points nice. of damage healed for four exactly what i need nice so as Gwilym is finishing his stitch rupert will chomp the thread to cut it and uh, we'll take a step back, sort of just admire their works and say, Ah, yes, I do think that worked okay. Some room for improvement, of course, but that is expected. Well, thank you, Borwin. I, I hope you are feeling well. It's still hard to get used to seeing Rupert doing assistance of that sort. It's, uh, it's still appreciated. Ah, well, practice makes perfect. Isn't that right, Rupert? <laughs> 